How is everybody doing today? We're ready for a Spanish class. No. <laughs> let's open our Bibles or let's look at the scriptures on Acts chapter 13. And we're going to look verses 1 to 5. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. Now there were in the church of, at Antioch prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went to, down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed in Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word in the, syn the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ that grant us forgiveness. Thank you for your word and allow us to listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say to us in your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So thinking about this morning, about what missions is, I was telling the brothers and sisters about brothers and sisters that American missionaries came to Honduras uh, leaving their lifestyles here in the U.S. with cars, electricity, air conditioning, and all the facilities that we enjoy. And they will go to a land where there was no electricity, no power. Uh, they, they used telegraph, and they used to have the, the old phones that it is a box. I don't, I don't remember how, how it's called, but it was a box and you will turn around. 20 years or no, about 1920s, around 1920s they came to the land of Honduras. But in 1989, when I was a teenager, the churches that they have founded, that they started, opened a new church in a mountain region. So I was about a 10 to 11-year-old boy uh, with some behavioral problems. Now you see what the Lord <laughs> works, <laughs> thinks out. And I was invited by two elders and another leader to go visit a village church that was planted there. But it was located in a mountain area called Nombre de Dios, which, is, which means the, na the name of God. And to get there, it was about an hour drive. And after that hour drive, you have to walk about two hours or two and a half hours, if you, depending on your, if you were physically fit, and walk up all the way to the top of the mountain near the village. 
When we arrived to the village, the villagers would prepare a meal for us. Small chicken soup. They will kill the, the chicken. I don't know. They would prepare the chicken, the best what they had, with handmade tortillas and bean soup. And this was a delicious meal, especially walking two and a half hours, hungry, almost dehydrated. But they prepare it with so much love. They worship in a building made of blocks, and, but there were no roads, no cars have access there, so I never asked how they got the blocks there. <laughs> Maybe one by one, but they built their small church. The, sm the church didn't have Sunday school classrooms. They have a small wooden pulpit, smaller than this, very smaller, very small, and an acoustic guitar, an old acoustic guitar that used a pencil and a rubber band as a capo. <laughs> For the villagers with no electricity, no cars, no lights, eh, missions changed their lives. Now they have cell phones, of course, but they, you can communicate much better, but these villagers also will walk 30 minutes, an hour, to get to that church. They didn't have access to a hospital, and they would rely on prayer if somebody got really sick and if somebody uh, got bitten or injured by a wild animal. The villagers, these villagers, had heard the gospel from these workers, and they appreciated for their ministry. They were limited in resources. There were people who didn't have the resources that we had, but they have something that we still have, the companionship and the work of the Holy Spirit. Not a lot of people wanted to go to that area because it was just to get there. It was a hard work. Honestly, I think that the church leader has something in mind when they invited me. Besides, it will be a good way to control my behavior, I guess. But years passed, years had passed, years had passed, and I remember that there was something powerful about these Christians, something powerful about these leaders, that they wanted to go and they wanted to teach pastors, sixth grade level pastors, that need to be trained to continue to spread the gospel. They didn't have seminaries as we do here. But yeah, I remember that something powerful moved these Christians and something powerful moved these villagers when they became believers that they will walk to get to their church 30 minutes or an hour. So I asked the question, what moves this person to be and remain focused on the kingdom of God. What does it take for Christians to be willing to go, to be willing to keep helping, to be willing to keep proclaiming the kingdom to all nations? And the answer is that we need the Holy Spirit's help to stay focused on evangelism. Not only local, not only foreign and in foreign lands, but also local. And I will, take three import, I will mention three important things about the Church of Antioch today. 
in relationship with the, to the role of the Holy Spirit, approaching it from three points. Their fellowship, his fellowship with them, his leading, and his command. And as we take a look at Acts chapter 13, we see this remarkable church with remarkable leaders that always we be inspired by their example to have leaders that care for one another, leaders that pray for one another, to obey God's command. And these leaders have mentioned that they were prophets and teachers. The setting of the event is a church that started from Jerusalem and moved 300 miles away and it started another church. Believers started another church in Antioch. And in their prayers, they were praying about who should we send. Now, what do we know about this city? What do we know about this church? What do we know about these individuals? Well, the city was an important city in the area of Syria, and one important city of the Roman Empire settled there. But it was the mission to the immediate world there. There were men of God that were sent there to keep the Great Commission going to other places. And this church also sent men to other places in the Greek colonies. And this was a body of, there were a body of believers united in the fellowship, a spirit-filled believers. And the passage tells us that the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the early church, in their decision-making, in their supporting, in their prayers, was important, was essential. And the priority of the church was witnessing to others, witnessing the good news to, other, to others. And God has promised this Holy Spirit to us as well to keep witnessing to others. As you know, the church fellowship is a fellowship of witnesses that come together as one body to testify and worship the true living God and come together to acknowledge the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. His fellowship brings the kingdom not just home but everywhere. Your church continue, how the, this is a church that continues this legacy. Your church, or church, needs to continue the legacy of a, a spirit-led believers to continue witnessing. Not just in foreign land, but also in our homeland. Now, there are diff people in this church, in the Antioch church, were people from different backgrounds, as you know. Among them, there was a person that it was a Jew from Cyprus and two Christians that were from North Africa. Another Christian that grew, grew up with one of the kings, Herod the Tetrarch, and a former Pharisee who pursued and persecuted the church. So God changed troublemakers. God changed people from everywhere. God changed young and all folks. God uses these teachers 
God uses teachers also to preach and proclaim the word, to perfect the saints, and using them to build his church and becoming more and more like Christ. As Jesus told his disciples to move out and preach the good news to the ends of the earth. But there was a raising concern in this church. There was a worry. Who do we send? So they needed to send someone and they needed directions. So we see God's great commission in action also taking place in the, in the church of Antioch. You see God's commission, great commission in taking place from Judea, from Samaria to the ends of the earth. And also reaching and gathering people from different backgrounds. In the midst of differences, in the midst of social status, uh, economic differences, divisions of class of that first century Society, the Spirit called people to fellowship, a fellowship of believers. And the Bible states that every tongue, every nation, every tribe will bow down before the King, Jesus Christ. So Christ has been calling and gathering his believers from everywhere. Paul and Barnabas were men chosen by God to be set apart for foreign missions. And when you think about this was the epicenter or the first mission centers that trained or that prepared these missionaries, and you look 2,000 years later, and you're here far away from Antioch in Midlothian, Virginia, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I have been rich. Some of the men mentioned in our passage follow the authority of the Holy Spirit. And they also were led to teach the word, to talk about, to speak about the word of God, calling men to repentance, telling them that repentance and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ was needed into different cultures that they worship other gods, but God's command needed to be followed. And God has sustained the church also in the midst of persecution and over times and over the ages. Now you will say, but what happened if the church has, doesn't have resources? God will provide the resources. That will provide the means. And as we read this inspired and infallible word of God in this account, in, in this first century church that was earnestly waiting in prayer to make a decision, and we come back to our era, to 2023, in the midst of advancement of science in various uh, technological advances, we still need to reach out the lost. We still need to reach out for people who need Christ. How many say amen for, to that? Do we still need to reach out people who need Christ? Some people had mentioned that America has been 
North America, the U.S. had been one of the countries that had sent most missionaries, more missionaries. But there are also statistics that say that in 2045, the Christianity will decline. And I want, I want you to encourage you. I want to encourage you to not let that statistic happen here. That we will keep spreading the gospel. That we will keep praying for missionaries. Praying for ministry workers. Praying for those who work proclaiming Christ. Everywhere. Not just in these nations. Everywhere. Even when we're, we're you know, in, in our town, there are people that still need Christ. And continue holding what is God's will to reach others, to reach people from different countries, from different generations, and to continue learning that God is the one who brings his kingdom and that we need this leading of the Holy Spirit. So as we read through the book of Acts, we see these spirit-filled servants follow, that follow God's lead. How can we teach our children? How can we teach our future generations that church is not just a gathering of people that likes one another? Well, probably, but, <laughs> but it's a body that is brought together by one spirit, by the same spirit, spirit of Christ, spirit of power. And we need to remember that to reach others, there is that sacrifice. That is a sacrifice that was made, that missionaries and ministry workers made a sacrifice. But also that our Lord Jesus Christ is the primary, primary sacrifice. Another important thing that we should remember is that this church, it was, it was not an easy decision. They had to let go one of the best teachers. Imagine that you have to let go two of your strongest leaders. But the gospel needed to be spread. The priority of preaching the word of God to foreign nations need to continue. And the Holy Spirit led them. Another important thing to remember is that bringing the gospel and reaching the lost is not a human effort. It is an effort that is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit's help to stay focused. We need the Holy Spirit's help to remain in our evangelizing task of making new disciples, on baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, on building the church, praying and praying for more and more souls to come to Him. And we want our children to follow Christ, right? We need the Holy Spirit's help for that. We want our friends, our neighbors, and co-workers. We need the Holy Spirit help. And we want believers to multiply, to continue multiplying in other countries. We do need the Holy Spirit's help for that. To bring people to this fellowship and to continuously seek for his direction, directions. It is by the Spirit of Christ that his ministers are made more both able and willing for his service. It is by the Spirit, but also it is by the Spirit of Christ that believers like you and me should 
continue fostering and promoting the works of missions and promoting the work of evangelizing. And as we continue to remember that we need help, God in his spirit touched people to get inspired to continue growing and growing and developing the work of missions as Christ con needs, Christ's word needs to continue to proclaim. Now, the, there is a racing action when we read this passage. We see that the church was praying and fasting and seeking direction, and there was a need, and there is a need. There is still a need for missions, right? There is still a need for people evangelizing, and there was a need for wisdom. There was a need for clarity, and there was a need for direction in this passage because they needed to send someone. And later it comes the answer. God told them that they will set apart these two teachers. To continue expanding the gospel, we need to follow the, leader, the lead of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God said in John 16, 13, that when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare. Now, let's move to our third point, which is the climax of our story, is that the Holy Spirit spoke to the church, to that church, and said, Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. And this verse confirmed that God, what God has said to Paul before, that he will be an instrument, a chosen vessel to come to the nations. And the Holy Spirit is the one who supports and helps in the midst of trial, as Paul writes in Philippians, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out to my deliverance. Paul was in prison when he prayed, trusting God. Those who have been called to do the work of God and God's kingdom under the Spirit's guidance, they will follow the lead of the Spirit even in the midst of trial and tribulation. And they will get inspired, they will get motivated. Now, there is something happening here in our church in America's at times, as pastors, as leaders, as elders, as church leaders, as ministry workers, as parachurch organizations, as missionaries, we often continue to explore and being prepared or how to lead people, how to become better leaders of many, and how to make great moves, how to make awesome decisions for the sake of our church. I often feel tempted to, to seek a training and what, what is the best training to become the leader, the best leader. You know, there's a lot of promotions on the internet, how to become the best leader. It's awesome to seek those things, but we need to follow God's lead and, and obey God's word as the Holy Spirit guides the church. Guiding the church, preparing the church, is the Holy Spirit who changes people, who changes us, who sanctifies us, 
for what is best for the church, to follow God's will. As we come Sunday, every Sunday, to worship God and to hear his word, we need to be attentive to what the Spirit has to say to the church Sunday by Sunday. So the Bible teaches that God made an special appointment of these different men for this specific task. And we know that God has chosen people among us. We have missionaries visiting us, and, and God has chosen them for ministry, home and abroad. Some are still figuring out among us, some are, some are still figuring out where they're going to go serve. Some already have known, and they started serving. They are starving. They start to endeavor in, mission, in the mission field. And the Holy Spirit has guided them. And you have been praying for them. They have carried their work. Now, what about those who, who said, I don't see myself as a missionary, or I don't see serving as a pastor? Let me encourage you this morning. You have been sealed by the same spirit. And you, have, you are part of that fellowship. You can pray for missionaries that are abroad, the missionaries that work here. But also know that you are very important in this body of believers. You are also part of this body of believers. And we are one body. There is one kingdom, one body, and we keep encouraging and supporting one another. And remember that one who brought the good news to you, right? He humbled himself, putting aside everything that belongs to him. And he gave up his important place and obeyed by dying on the cross. Now, up to this day, the church has followed his lead. We will not have in a mission for vision, a vision for missions. I have to reverse it. If, if you are not following God's Holy Spirit leads, this church is following God's, the Holy Spirit leads to continue preaching the gospel, to continue supporting missionaries, to continue spreading the gospel. But we cannot lose momentum. We cannot believe those crazy statistics. We need to continue growing. The falling action here in this passage is that God sent these two men to foreign lands and passage 3 to 5 gave us the resolution. They began seeking the Lord, and the Lord confirmed the, appoint, the appointing of these two men. And they fast, and they pray, and they gave them a farewell ceremony to send them off. They were led by the Holy Spirit, meaning that there is always that connection between Great Commission, ministry work, preaching that is led by the Holy Spirit. They brought with them some help. What does that tell you? Help is needed. Help is needed. Help is needed. 
Can someone say help in Spanish? Ayuda is needed. Ayúdanos. The Holy Spirit is working in believers like you and me to continue helping the growth of this kingdom. Now we see this passage at the end, at the, at the end of verse 3 that they are sent off to the mission field, but they needed help. The drama, the immediate drama of this passage probably was resolved by sending. But we still need the Holy Spirit to stay focused on evangelism. As this passage teaches and reminds us that chosen people, that we are chosen, his chosen people to bring his message to others. Also, it reminds us that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry out this duty. And we can remember that this empowerment comes from God. And we need to be filled with God's Spirit to advance the kingdom. Now, what practical applications will be having today? One is that the call for the call for making disciples, the call from expanding the kingdom, the call from preaching the gospel to all nations is an ongoing call, an ongoing task, an ongoing responsibility. And again, help is needed. Pray for the workers and the new workers, the ministry workers, to go out to have resources, to advance the kingdom. Pray for that momentum to keep running, reaching, and expanding the kingdom of God. As you remember, or as you read books about missionaries before, they were passionate about missions. They were passionate about expanding the kingdom of God. Newer generations need to be passionate. Future generations need to keep the legacy going. The Church of Antioch will say, we sent Paul and Barnabas to the Gentiles. And again, more than 2,000 years, we are here keeping that legacy going. The church needs to keep that legacy going. Let us pray. Father, as we read your word and we see the power of the Holy Spirit empowering this man to go out and reach the nation, we ask for you to give us, to grant us this vision to continue spreading the word of Jesus Christ, spreading the good news. Let us not be, let us not be off guard, but let us be always fighting to expanding this good news. Let us not rest, but let us con rest in you, but let us continue focusing that evangelism evangelizing is, needs to be part 
of our lifestyle, of what we breathe, of our day-to-day -day life, because we have been empowered with, that, with the Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead. And that power gave us the strength. It's not, and take away our fears. In Jesus' name we pray.